Welcome to Christ Church Pops, a podcast of Christ Church Parish in Pensacola, Florida. Here we'll be sharing the preaching of the parish, both recent and from the past, as well as conversations with the people of the parish. So let's go. Sometimes Christ Church is blessed with a guest preacher to come in and share a word from a different perspective than we normally hear. In 2018, we were blessed to have Reverend Barbara Crafton, who is an author, a famous preacher, and just the kind of person you want to sit and listen to. So enjoy her sermon from 2018. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. James and John are, are identified as the sons of thunder, uh, sons of Zebedee in this gospel, but elsewhere they're called the sons of thunder, which makes you wonder what Mrs. Zebedee might have been like. The sons of Zebedee and the sons of thunder, they have an agenda when they approach Jesus. They, they ask him something that I actually remember my children asking me when I was little, when they were little, and I remember asking my own parents when I was little. That is, Mom, if I ask you something, will you say yes? <laughs> well, you can't. No, I can't promise that. I can't promise to say yes to something if I don't even know what it is. No, of course, that doesn't work. You only ask that if the thing that you want is something you're pretty sure you will not get through normal channels. It's, it's something you ask from a position of no moral power at all. If I, if I ask you for something, will you promise to say yes? James and John, those sons of thunder, they, um, they, wanted, they wanted what Jesus had. They wanted Jesus' power, and they wanted to be like him. They aspired to be like him, and they thought that they could just kind of grab it. They could sort of trap him into promising it to them so that they would have it. That's what the, um, that's what the eternal sin of humankind is, right back to the Garden of Eden. What they wanted was, I want to be like God. You can be like God, said the snake. Just eat this fruit. It'll be fine. It doesn't matter that you were told not to eat it. Go ahead, and you'll be just like God. In our, our lesson from Job today, Job, Job is, he's angry, among other things, that, that he knows he's been good. He knows he has not done anything, really, to deserve what he has gotten, which is that, that he is ill and, and isolated, and his children have been killed, and his animals have been killed, and he's lost everything, and he knows, he knows he doesn't deserve it, and he says so. And God answers him in a, in a beautiful, poetical, long, many chapters long. We just heard a little bit of a description of, of how the earth is put together and how the cosmos is created. And, and it is a beautiful poem, but it is dripping with sarcasm. Where were you when I formed the earth? Do you know how to make it rain? Do you know how to take care of the animals? Did you, did you make the sky? No, no, we do not have, we do not have the kind of power that we wish we had. 
and we are hollow <laughs> when we claim it. You should distrust anybody who blows his own horn, who talks about how great he is. People only do that because they suspect they are not. Don't blow your own horn. Don't compliment yourself. Let other people do that. If you are worthy of praise, others will praise you. But don't be first. And when somebody makes too much noise about how wonderful he is, we rightly suspect that he may not be all that great and that he is making that noise to distract us from his shortcomings. James and John, they, they want to be more important than they are. Oh, we all want that. I remember when I was when I was little myself, and I especially remember when my children were little, when they would get overtired, when they really needed a nap or needed to go to bed, it was interesting what they tried to do. They would, they would suddenly start, this is when they were toddlers, they'd start trying to move furniture. Do you remember that? They'd start pushing heavy stuff around the room, which of course they couldn't do, because number one, they were little, and number two, they were tired. So they would start pushing some big chair or something and fail and then cry, and I, I think that the, the urge to attempt impossible things and then cry about it was a way of, of getting to bed without saying, I'm tired. It's what they do. We, uh, we know better, we grown-ups, we, we want to have power, and we maybe have more subtle ways of showing it than little tiny children have. You grandparents know, don't you, that, that your, your grown children who have children uh, do not value your child-rearing skills, do they? <laughs> that you now know nothing about how to raise, that nothing that you did when they were little is right, and that it is a miracle that they survived at all under your care. And, um, but then you also look at the, the ways in which their parents are raising them, which are absolutely the reverse of what you did for the most part. And, but you see that, well, you know, the kids are all right. They seem to be surviving it. They seem to be okay. It turns out that these things that we just swore on, well, they weren't eternal truths after all. They were just the way we did things. We thought it was so important to do as we said, and it turns out not to have been that important at all. We were not nearly as, as flawless, as fail-safe as we thought we were. And it turned out all right anyway. These people will be okay too. For the first half of life, aren't we kind of assembling power? going to school and you're learning things and you're acquiring skills and, and becoming skilled at whatever you do. And, and you're gathering possessions and gathering money and gathering a family and gathering a lot of things. You're, you're bringing things into yourself. You are growing. You are growing in power for the first part of your life. And then, then for the second part, bit by bit, aren't you kind of taking some of it off. I see. I see. So I don't see any other blues, but I do see <laughs> a fair number of whites. And, uh, and, and 
And one thing we know is that, that there is diminution in the second half of life. There's, there's stuff that you just, you're no longer as good at. Some other stuff that was so important that you just kind of throw overboard and you remember that you thought it was very important, but you don't just now remember why. Some things that you just thought were life and death, um, they turn out not to be. Some things of which you were absolutely certain, important things, you now have a very different view of than you did when you were young. When you were young, you thought, well, I'll change about the little things, but I will not surrender my principles about the big things. When in fact, it's the little things you go to your grave believing. You absolutely will not have an egg that is done under three minutes. <laughs> but you have changed your view about racism. You're very different now from what you were when you were young. The big things, those are the things we change. Those are the things we surrender. We cling to the little things, but, but it is the big things through which God leads us to the promised land all the time. So it is not true that we just change the little things. It's the big things. It is not true that we're the most powerful things. It is not true that Jesus came to us to congratulate us on a job well done, is it? If that were the case, we would not have needed a Savior. But in fact, nothing is more obvious about us than the fact that we need saving. Saving from ourselves, saving from our Orweening grasp of power we do not have, saving from our, saving from our claims to be much more than we are. We need saving from our belief that we have arrived and that there need be no further discussion about things that matter. This is what we need to be saved from, and so we needed a savior. Jesus came not at the pinnacle of all our success, but at the depth of our failure. Just ask somebody you know who, has, who is in recovery from addiction to alcohol or to drugs. And he or she will tell you, as long as I believed that I could, I could stop anytime I wanted to, or I don't have a drinking problem, no, or, or I'm fine, I, this, I'm not out of control, I just had a few. As long as they talk like that, they can't get better. It is when they hit the ground and there is nothing below them. It's when all pretenses are done and their, their absolute powerlessness against this substance is on display for themselves to see and everybody to see, and everybody has seen it for a long time. They were the last to know. It was only then that they could get better. It was in their powerlessness that a power greater than themselves reached across and hauled them back into sanity so that they could live the rest of their lives as the human beings they were created to be, not grandiose cartoons of pretension and pomp, not braggarts, but people who know themselves and know what they do well and know what they don't do well and have arranged life insofar as it was possible to be doing one as much as possible and the second as little as possible. By now, we have figured out what it is that we are good at. 
if we are blessed, we mostly are doing that, that thing we're good at. And, and maybe we have had the wisdom to stop trying to do the things we don't do well and stop claiming that we're good at the things we are not and find other people to do those things so that our world works smoothly. James and John, they wanted to be like Jesus. They wanted to have the power of Jesus. They wanted to be with him and wanted to be like him. But of course, none of those guys were anything like him. You know, that whole group of them, they were a sorry lot. Bunch of cowards. And when push came to shove, all of them ran away. They were terrified and they left. The most important among them denied him three times. There was nothing to brag about of any of those people. But after the resurrection, after Jesus accepted the ultimate powerlessness that a human being can experience, which is humiliation and death, after that, when he is raised from the dead and they are empowered with the Spirit, then they become completely different, brave. All of them martyrs, brave enough not to run away, but to face into the consequences of what they believed to be important. It was in their failure, not in their success, that he came to them and saved them. He called them perhaps because he knew that this would be the case with them. And so for us, let us be honest about who we are and above all, who we are not. Let us, as much as it is possible, know ourselves and tell the truth about what we are good at and what we are not. Let us acknowledge our need for a Savior and let the Savior save us. He does not come to save us from our strengths. He comes to save us from our weaknesses and to supply them. And we can trust him to do that. To this Savior, to whom be honor and glory for all ages, to him we give glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to Christ Church Pops. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, hit like, and share with your friends. And please join us for worship in person or on YouTube or Facebook. And you can learn more about Christ Church at christ-church.net. This podcast is by Father Michael Hoffman and Reverend Katie Gillette and edited by Jake Wolstatter. Christ Church exists to show everyone God loves them unconditionally. So remember God loves you and have a blessed day.